Hey, y'all. Welcome to Shades of Brown, the podcast that discusses the ever-evolving and sometimes contradicting thoughts of a Black millennial. I am your host, Allie B, and this is going to be one of those episodes where it is going to be quite contradicting because, honestly, my feelings about it are all over the place. Um, And I hope that you'll engage the conversation with me and be open-minded. And let's talk about it, you know? Let's talk about all things. I have a, a, a guest host with me here today that I am so excited about because I first heard them on Righteous and Ratchet with Kev on stage and Doughboy talking about something that we never ever talk about at least not on this level they are Deshaun Harrison hey Deshaun hey what's up (laughs) how are you doing I'm doing well how are you so good so good thank you so much for being a part of this episode when I first heard uh you on Righteous and Ratchet, I was like, OMG, we have to have this conversation about desirability politics, something I, didn't, I had never even heard of, desirability politics. politics yes. <laughs> yes. So before we, um, before we get into the, the conversation, can you just introduce yourself and uh, tell folks who you are and what you do, that's, that sort of thing? Yeah. So um, I'm Deshaun Harrison. I am Um, a non-binary black queer writer, editor, um, community organizer from North Carolina originally, but I've been here in Atlanta now for the last six years. Um, I moved here to go to school at Morehouse. Um, And so I have, you know, been doing a lot of this work, reading, researching, writing, um, organizing for years. And um, this has now just been like the culmination of all of the things um, into, into one. So this is where I'm at now. Yeah. And that's awesome. Awesome. So let's unpack it. Let's get into the segment. Let's unpack it. Desirability politics. Tell us what is this and, uh, what was your journey to becoming a voice for this particular movement? I define desirability politics as the methodology through which the sovereignty, and I'll explain all of this, of those deemed conventionally attractive, beautiful, arousing is determined. Put another way, the politics of desire labels that which determine who gains and holds both social and structural power through the affairs of sensuality often predicated on anti-blackness, anti-fatness, transmisogyny, cis-sexism, queer antagonism, and all other structural violence. And so that just means that um, desirability politics is the idea, the, um, the system that determines who is and is not desirable, who is and is not attractive, who is and is not beautiful, and what benefits you have from being considered beautiful, attractive, desirable. Um, So it is um, the people who are cisgender, who are thin, who are light-skinned or white, who are um, men, right, who are um, heterosexual, who are able to... um, who are able to find adequate housing and find employment and mm-hmm. uh, like be able to find love and, re- and relationships and, and sex and desire. That's what they want. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is oftentimes believed first in society before anyone else who mm-hmm. is cared about first before anyone else. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so in relation to fat folks, um, it is statistically proven that fat folks are less likely to be hired for a job because of our fatness. 
in 49 states out of the 50 states in the U.S., right, um, you can be fired for being fat with no other reasoning, just that you're fat. Whoa. Right? Yes. Whoa. The only state that that is not true for is Massachusetts, I believe, or Michigan, one of the end states. Like, uh, like, like, okay, well, that, that yes. just, that just blew my mind. <laughs> yes. So like, like literally or like. No, literally. Uh, like in 49 of the 50 states, it is legal for you to be fired for being fat. Are you serious? Yes. Wow. Wow. I, I, I was not aware. I did not know. Yeah. I, a lot of people don't, right? Like, and this is, this is something that I actually like didn't find out until I was doing, started doing more work around desirability politics and around anti-fatness um, and was able to discover all these many different things that um that really do harm fat folks in a way yeah. that even a lot, of, a lot of fat folks wouldn't really know if if you aren't doing that research right because mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. aren't taught about these things in the same ways that we're taught about race and gender and sexuality yeah um, and so um it is it's this thing where you live these realities you live you live this as a reality but you don't really have the words to put it to because you're not yeah. talking yeah. So, um, so as I was doing like a lot more research and reading about all these different things, I'm like, this is wild. It's like fat uh, women are more likely to be sexually assaulted. Fat people are more likely to be homeless. Um, wow. Like, fat folks are often, um, they often die from misdiagnoses from doctors because um, doctors see our fatness and think that whatever our illnesses is can be solved with weight loss and dieting yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and exercise, but fat folks are more likely to die because of misdiagnosis um, by doctors. Wow. So, oh man, that just, that's like, like 16 million questions just popped up in my mind from what you just said. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is mind blowing to me. Okay. All right. Whew, so before we go forward into like digging apart all you just said, um, you you say fat folks like like all the time. I heard you I heard you say it a lot on Righteous and Ratchet, and you're saying yeah. it now, and you're saying it in, in a way that is kind of just like it is what it is. What I'm hearing you say is that it's a neutral term. I, I don't I don't hear an underlying tone or or kind of connotation of negativity when you say fat. Absolutely. It's just like it's just fat. So can you talk about maybe how you got to that place or have you always felt that fat was just fat? Like it's neither good or bad. It's just a thing. I love that you, um, that you not only asked that question, but that you heard that there was no, there was no negativity in, in my use of the yeah, word. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, so many of us, so many fat folks, hate the word obviously for obvious reasons because oftentimes it is deeply associated with um a lot of negative thoughts and feelings yes um but so so i am the same way no i did not always think that fat mm -hmm. was a neutral term and that it was something that i wanted to to like really um use when i first heard the word fat used um for fat politics mm -hmm. i was like I don't, I don't <laughs> I'm not trying to hear that. Like, I got called fat by too many people too many times. That's a I, trigger I, word. I, I, no, for real. <laughs> um, but as I like read more and, and really started to understand what fat politics are, um, it made more sense for me. And so, mm -hmm. so yeah, so fatness, um, it is a neutral term. It's, it's it, in, in the same way that 
um, black folks reclaim nigga or that women reclaim bitch or that um, queer folks reclaim, reclaim faggot, right? Like a lot of us are able to reclaim these terms that have oftentimes been used to harm us mm-hmm. um, or that queer folks have reclaimed queer, right? And now that's, that is an entire um, politics. It's, it's an entire um, study in the same way that a lot of women, through women's studies, have um, really intellectualized bitch or that a lot of black folks have really intellectualized nigga through black studies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that same way, fact has been reclaimed for, for that same purpose by fat folks um, in a way that would allow us to, um, that in a way that would allow us to intellectualize um, and, and make an academic study out, mm-hmm. out of fatness, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And, and so when I use the term, um, I don't use it as a slur. I don't use it yeah. as, as, as a thing that is, that is bad. It's not bad to me. Fat is good. Um, it's mm. not even fat is good. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but, but, but yes, but also, I mean, it is neutral. It's neutral. Yeah, but yeah. Also, it's something that I'm very clear about. Um, something that I embrace that I, that I, ah. find, something that I find to be okay. Um, okay. and so, yeah, it is, it's like a whole thing and, and none mm. of this thing, none of this happened for me overnight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, a lot of reading and a lot of a lot of sitting with myself, my own emotions and my own feelings around why I felt a, a certain way about these words and what it was that would wouldn't allow me to to what it was that wouldn't allow me to to love on the term. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Again, mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Like I, I view the term fat as neutral right so mm-hmm. for me it is neither good nor bad just like right. black or white like how some people it is the funniest thing to me when white folks have they kind of stutter over calling over saying black like yes. you know, like yeah, there was this guy and he was uh he was uh, uh he, he, he was a black guy American. and i'm right i'm like why like it just he's black it's a color right. you know what i'm saying right. Um, so for me, it's like neither good nor bad. It's very neutral. However, because I know that the majority of our culture and society do not see it as right. that, I don't use the word, um, and I dare not accept it from other people. Hello? Because right. the majority of people do not view it as neutral. I, but I personally do, so I get that. But you're like, no, it's not neutral. It is It's good. It's amazing. Like, let's just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love like, it. <laughs> I, I have really, like began to embrace fatness. Um, and, and that's what fat politics would do for you, honestly. Mm. Um, and, and of course, I don't go and, and call every fat person fat because you're absolutely right. For a lot of folks, societally, it still is um, a slur. And so I think you have to be mindful of uh, yes. uh, how you engage folks on the individual level. Yes, uh, yes. But when I'm talking about systemic issues or talking about like a general issue, I use fat. Yeah, um, yeah. Because yeah. it is... It is good, and and once you once you read more about these things and learn that your fatness is not what's killing you, your fatness is not what is is harming you. That your fatness really actually is not um, changing your life in any way outside of how people respond to your fatness. Mm, it becomes mm. good to me. It becomes, mm. it becomes something that I'm willing to embrace that I want to embrace. Yeah. So let's so let's get into that then. Let's talk about yeah. like this this conditioning, our cultural conditioning, our societal conditioning, and how we were just programmed to be biased. And let's talk about the history of fatness and yeah. how globally there has been a shift um, 
so yeah, speak speak to that. Like why why are we so obsessed with fatness and why why do we even care? about people's bodies, about about other people's bodies, not our own, but why do we even care um, about people's bodies? I'm not saying about people being attractive or not, like their face, because I, I know, you know, we, people care about people's attractiveness, but like, I'm talking about, by, like, why do people care? Right, girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long history. We're going to get into it. So uh, Sabrina Strings um, wrote a book, and I think it's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant book for folks who are wanting to really engage the like one-on-one of anti-fatness mm-hmm. as it relates to anti-blackness mm. uh, she wrote a book called fear in the black body a racial origins of fat phobia um i have it on my book list i have it on, i heard i heard you talk about it and i have it on my book list but i put myself on punishment i cannot buy any more books <laughs> until i finish <laughs> until i finish my current book list i have a problem about starting books and not finishing them but i, I do it's in my amazon cart right now it's on my list <laughs> i love that I, I just bought two two new books i haven't finished my last two so, <laughs> so I, you, I, I have a problem too it's just like i want to get all this knowledge so i'll yes. start another one i go back to the last one and then start another one. Yes. It's, I feel you. It's um, the whole thing. Okay. <laughs> it really is the whole thing. But there's an excerpt that she wrote that I want to read um, for you where she says, racial scientific rhetoric about slavery linked fatness to greedy Africans and religious discourse suggested that overeating was ungodly. Not until the early 19th century in the United States in the context of slavery, religious revivals, and massive immigration of persons deemed part Africanoid did these notions come together under a coherent ideology? And so what she is saying here is that there were ideas and thoughts about fat people or whatever before, prior to slavery where um, European folks thought of fatness as, as good, as a symbol of wealthiness, as, a, as, um, as something to embrace, as something to, to love on, whatever, um, and that you know, if they had to err on the side of thin or fat, they were going to err on the side of fatness. Mm. Um, it wasn't until Christianity mixed with um, white people's views of African folks, African slaves, mm. um, came together um, to create the coherent ideology that we call fat phobia or, or anti-fatness. Wow. Um, so, wow. So, this wasn't even ever a system of, of oppression or, or uh, an ideology that was oppressing people until it was our black asses were read as, wow. as too, fat, too attractive, too fat to be human, yeah. too fat to be, to be like deserving of respect and desire and all the things. Yeah. And that came together as a coherent ideology. <sighs> Okay, um, deep breath. <laughs> I know, I know it, I know it. Yeah, I, um, so I, I, I've never studied this in detail. However, I just know over the years, um, I guess based on observation or you hear things and you never really look into them, but it's, but it's, but it's in the back of your mind. Yeah. And I remember, like, just in the back of my mind, knowing that there was a time where fatness was viewed as, like, cool you know it's fine i know in um certain parts of the east um whether it's african countries um or i don't know but it was viewed as like this is a cool thing but preparing for this episode though i began to like dig a little bit deeper into this and i learned that there were even there were even times where 
several European, Asian, and African countries that they would have these like fattening huts where if women or people were too thin or they viewed them to be too thin, it was like you weren't you weren't ready for marriage or you weren't ready for the next phase of life until you got a little bit right. bigger. They would go into these fattening huts where they stay there for sometimes years yeah. until the, the elders viewed them as, okay, now you're good. Right. Um, that even to me was mind blowing. Like what? This was a really a thing. This was a whole yes. thing. Yes. It's, and it's like that because at, at, at a certain point in history, like the only folks who were fat were people who had money. I, I remember uh, reading something about like, I, I don't know what the time frame was. So I don't, I'm not a history buff. Uh, when, it, <laughs> when it comes to world, when it comes to world history, I'm not. <laughs> um, but I know it was some type of like famine going on to where it was like, oh, uh, the majority of people were, you know, starving or something like that. So when they would see fat people, it's like, oh, you must got money because you eating real good. Real that kind good. of thing. Yeah. It literally wow. Wow, wow, wow. So I heard you say on Righteous and Ratchet that you don't even consider obesity to be an epidemic. And you even you even compared it to the war on drugs, how there was this created war on drugs to then, you know, do all these things that was, of course, we know is rooted in racism. Speak to that, because that to me is crazy. Like what? Like, we have all been taught that like, obesity is like killing everybody and it is an epidemic. We should all be afraid of it. We should all just be like, Oh my gosh, this is like, it's killing everybody. Like why, why right. do you say um, it's not an epidemic? Yes. I say that because I, I read this book. <laughs> this book is called um, fat politics. The real story behind America's obesity epidemic by J. Eric Oliver. Say that um, one more, say that one more time. Fat yeah. politics. Fat Politics, The Real Story Behind America's Obesity Epidemic by J. Eric Oliver. Okay. Um, and then there's a book called um, Killer Fat by Nicole Barrero. Um, and I've read both of those books. Um, and, and that is what, what leads me to that, right? That, fat, mm -hmm. that obesity is not epidemic because um, literally, like it only, the only reason that obesity was ever thought to be um, an epidemic or something that was that needed to be controlled was because of government officials and scientists who needed more research money um, and a medical slash diet industry that wanted to make money off of our bodies created a, a, again made a coherent ideology out of um, out of fear around fatness mm. Uh, mm. and so while while the government was or yeah while the government was telling folks, well, here you are, and, and, and this is a, a big epidemic for us. Um, you had the media who was pushing the narrative. The media was pushing it. Well, here's the, America's new obesity epidemic, and this is how you can um, get away from it, and this is what you can do to, to not be obese, right? And the answer mm -hmm. was invest all your money into, into a diet industry like Weight Watchers and other places like that, and invest all your money into gyms and gym culture. Mm. Um, and invest all your money in doctors and nutritionists who are going to tell you nothing that's going to actually benefit your body. Um, mm. And this is this is how you'll never be fat, right? Um, mm. This is how you'll never be obese, or this is how you'll lose weight to not be obese anymore. Um, so it's it's a very like 
it's a very long and drawn out yeah. history. And it's very new. This was the beginning of the 2000s. Wow. Wow. So like, okay, let me be clear. I'm aware that this uh, conversation will evoke several different emotions for several different people, right? Um, Because we're in a time where not only physical health, but um, total health is becoming a trend, right? Mind, body, and soul. Um, Everyone's all about self-love and self-care and mental wellness and physical health, like all of the things. And I'm for it all. I am for you being your, the best version of yourself. And I am for you being the healthiest version of yourself, whatever that looks like for you. Um, So when you say, I feel that some people will hear that when you say these doctors and nutritionists and dietitians, they're not going to benefit you in any way. I feel that that would probably trigger a lot of people like, whoa, what, what did you say? Are you just like, what? There's science to back this up. And there's all these stats that back this up. And BMI says this, and we have all these charts and things like that. So speak to like what we have been taught that is science because because we've been taught that um if you are fat you're gonna die because you're gonna get heart disease you're gonna get diabetes you're gonna get high blood pressure um you're gonna have high cholesterol like speak to the science behind that the validity behind that is there any validity validity because there are there are studies that do say um the larger you are the more prone you are to have heart heart issues i don't know if they're deadly or not or whatever but you know that you have some sort um of risk to getting cardiovascular issues so when you say you know these doctors and physicians and all these folks they're not helping us speak more on that like are you saying not at all or like what what's that fine line do we just stop going to the doctor like like what are you really saying right absolutely so um in 2004 Uh cdc released um a report through a very 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 prestigious medical um magazine and it's uh it's called Journal of the American Medical Association. Okay. Uh, and in that report, <laughs> in that report, that was like the very first really big report around obesity. Mm-hmm. Um, they they claimed that um, obesity was killing 400,000 Americans a year. Mm-hmm. That folks were dying by the droves because of obesity and it became a really big public health um issue yeah uh, yeah where everyone was like right it became it became a bigger issue than smoking cigarettes for a lot of folks right like a crisis Um, yeah but then uh in 2005 they retracted that because what was found was that um they calculated like the 40,000 deaths by checking to see if the weight of each person was a fact, or they didn't check to see if the weight of each person who had died was a factor in their death. Wait, so wait, 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 a government agency put out a study saying that obesity is killing 400,000 Americans or 400,000 people a year, but they didn't even factor in if weight, they didn't even consider if weight wasn't a factor. It was not a factor into that death, yes. What? So what they came back, what, what they found was that they estimated a figure by comparing the death rates of thin and fat people. Child. So that, right, they compared like, uh, um, like, 
almost like a Venn diagram of like, this is how many thin people died, this is how many fat people died. Let's estimate like around, around all of this and they use data that was 30 years old. So, right. <laughs> Again, and this is the 2004, right? So, and this is, this is the start of the obesity epidemic as a coherent um, like push by our media and our government agents, agencies um, because of the CDC. Um, but in 2005, they come back and they're like, um, this, is, this is wrong. This is not necessarily like the truth. But by then, it was, it was already too late, right? Mm. Um, already convinced people that they need yeah. to stop the Burger King and McDonald's and Krispy Kreme. But what scientists have actually found is, is that it isn't about whether or not you eat those things or about how little you exercise. Um, and like everything that they have put out was untrue. Um, I do want to read this one part. I promise it's a small part, but okay. it's, I think a really important thing. Okay. And it says, for government health agencies, it is a powerful rationale for increasing their programs and budget allocations. For weight loss companies and surgeons, it is a way to get their services covered by Medicare and health insurance providers. And for pharmaceutical companies, it can justify the release of new drugs and help inflate their stock prices. The very same people who have proclaimed that obesity is a major health problem also stand the most to gain from it being classified as a disease. After I initially heard you on Righteous and Ratchet, I just like started all this research and was like, is what he's saying is true? And oh my gosh, is this like for real? And have I been bamboozled? Have I been brainwashed to think that I'm terrible? Like <laughs> all, all these things. So I came across this article and I, um, I highlighted this part of it. Uh, it's on a website called Highline. And it, just this piece stuck out to me. It said, every discovery in public health, no matter how significant, must compete with the traditions, assumptions, and financial incentives of the society implementing it. And it just, like, just, it kind of, it just broke my heart because of, like, in the same article, the author implies, well, he just basically, he says it, that there has been a war waged against fat people. Yeah. And, and breaks my heart how all of these isms, racism, sexism, any other um, oppressive system has, yeah. um, has affected people on an emotional level, a mental level, a physical level, how this is impacting people so greatly. Um, and, you, and you just spoke to something earlier, something about our diet and exercise and how that affects our health. You, I, I want to say you implied that it has little to do yeah. with no, yeah, I, I just said that, that it has yeah. very little to do with our exercise and our diet. I've always um, questioned that, right? Because you look at different cultures and you look at how certain, certain people groups are just built totally differently, right? right? Like you look at um, Asian communities and they tend to be just smaller, thinner, shorter, right? Generally, generally speaking here, generally, generally yeah. speaking, you look at um, Pacific Islander people and they tend to be taller and larger. You look at um, European bodies and they tend to be um, a general type of body. And you look at black bodies, they tend to be like, we're curvier and we're, you know, bustier and we got the hourglass, right? Like you just look at these different people groups and generally you see these differences. Um, and also 
on top of that, you also see where you can look at just one individual family and see how they are, you know, all raised in the same household. They're, you know, having the same, they, they have the same lifestyle habits. They go to the same places, they eat the same food, yet they all look so differently. Um, so I've always wondered about that. Like, what is it about our, is it heredity or DNA or, or, or whatever it is that allows us to have these same habits, yet our bodies look so vastly different. So I have wondered about the validity and when it comes to diet and exercise and how it um, affects our build. Now, now again, I'm talking about bodies. I am not talking about health. That's a completely different conversation because I am not, I am not saying don't go to the doctor, don't go to, don't, don't go to, to your dietitians or whoever or whatever you're doing to um, make your health better. Like do that, whatever, whatever that looks like for you. I'm talking about bodies though and what we look like and what we physically look like because we all, if we are honest with ourselves, we all know that um, the truth of the matter is we're not really tripping over who's fat and who's not. We're tripping over placement of fat right like uh uh what we deem to be fat or not right because i i cannot tell you um how many times i i've seen thicker women who are just like oh man she bad she bad but it's because uh she thick in the right places in the right places it's flat but her but her butt is big and her boobs are big and her her arms aren't like are maybe too big, but she has all the fatness in all the right places. Absolutely. Right, right. You take that same person and um, redistribute that same weight in different places, but now and, and now they're considered to be fat, right? right, right. So you're talking about a, the same bill, but just different placement, and you have completely different social experiences. Right. Um, we know that there are so many thin people or fit-looking people or people we consider to be fit that are not healthy, right? That have high blood pressure or that have cholesterol issues or that are on blood pressure medication or or whatever whatever it is right we we know that there are tons of folks who we deem to be fit um that have health issues and at the same time we know tons of plus size people who culturally are deemed as big we know that there are so many folks like that who do not have health issues um like a clean bill of health i want to make it clear are you are you saying that we should just stop going to the doctor? Don't worry about the gym. Don't worry about eating right. Like what, what exactly are you saying? What is the message you're trying to convey? So not necessarily, right? What I, what I want to be clear about is that I think people have a right to do with their bodies what they want to, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I think that we have to be mindful about what leads us to doing certain things with our bodies. Um, And with exercise in particular, um, we have taught exercise as a punishment and not as Mm. something that that can be done um, just just for you, right? So Mm. we exercise to lose weight, not to enjoy their body in motion. Wait, wait, wait. We exercise to lose weight, not to enjoy our bodies in motion. Oh, that's good. Absolutely. Uh, and so I think when we can shift that narrative, when we can, we can move from, I, like, what, what would it look like for you to, to go to the gym and not care at all about losing weight, but just to see your body in motion or not even go to the gym? What would it look like if you just went outside and just played around because, yeah. you, because you felt good in motion, but mm. you don't care about losing weight? You actually aren't 
intentionally trying not to lose weight, right? Mm. What would that look like? What would that feel like? How would we how would we be able to 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 feel in our bodies when we are not interested in punishing ourselves for being fat? Mm. Wow. Um, especially because as you mentioned, we do have different builds. Um yeah. I think about so the BMI um was created in the 1830s by um a mathematician named Adolf Quetelet. Um and he created the BMI um, as a way to um, determine the health of in- entire populations, um, right? <laughs> One man. One man. Um, and this was in, in um, Europe. Uh, and so... Surprise, surprise. Right, surprise, surprise, <laughs> right. It was never supposed to be about um, an individual's health. It was supposed to be about the overall health of a, an entire population. However, that in and of itself was a problem because clearly it, it was able to be used to determine individual health, right? Um, and so I don't care about the BMI. Um, I, mm-hmm. I don't care about because none, n- you will very rarely ever find a black person who by the BMI scale is not overweight or obese. Listen, let me tell you something. If I, if I were to reach the ideal BMI, y'all would be Y'all would swear that I was on crack cocaine. I promise you, you would. No, truly, me too. I promise you, you would. You y'all would be like, uh, Allie, <laughs> Allie B, are you are are you okay? Uh, For my height, I would be one seventy five. I no way. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on culture, depends on regions, and depends on all these things in regards to our perceptions and how we view um, different bills. But overall, it seems like the European standard has been what's been pushed nationally or even globally, globally and yeah. and and it's and it's it's such a sad thing that we don't consider nuance because we are genetically made up so differently. Yes, we are. We are. Our bodies are vastly different, which is why anti-fatness didn't become a coherent ideology until white folks saw black fat folks and said, oh, mm. I don't think we like that. I don't think, I think that this is a different type of fat, which is where you get the Sarah Bartmans and the other like um, mm. folks who, who are known in history as like these fat folks, fat black folks who were ridiculed and almost like not almost, did have their bodies made a spectacle of. Mm. Um, and so um, my, my messaging for, for this is work out, not to punish yourself, but just because you want to, if you yeah. want to. And if you yeah. don't want to, then you don't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, I do absolutely believe that people should stop seeing dietitians um, and should stop seeing nutritionists. And if they, if they are going to see nutritionists and dietitians, they should see them, um, they should see ones who are, only interested in um, giving them like a, a fat-friendly approach to their diet mm, um, mm. because because those there are like some dietitians and nutritionists out there who are like that right yeah um, who are not going to tell you well you need to stop stop eating this and stop eating that mm-hmm. and go and work out because you need to lose weight like there are plenty who are out there who will say um, like. I think this would be best for your diet in, in, in this way, mm-hmm. but that you don't have to go out and do this in order to look like this, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think that, I think ultimately what I care about is that folks start to care for their bodies and yes. not in a way that's taught around, that, that teaches 
not in a way that society teaches us to, where we have to, again, punish ourselves through exercise and, and punish ourselves through dieting and whatever else, but in a way that, that doesn't ridicule your body for being a body. Yeah. Um, and I should also name that it is statistically proven that diets 95% of the time do not work. Listen, we ain't trying to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I know folks ain't trying to hear. I ain't know. trying to hear that. <laughs> I already know. I already know. I already know. But, the, but that's the reality is that, you know. I do not come into agreement with that statement. <laughs> <laughs> I know folks, I know folks want so bad. We want the diets to work and we want the weight loss to work because that's what we're taught. And we're like, nah, I want, I'm going to lose this weight. And you're not going to tell me I'm not going to lose this weight. Hello, hello. And I'm going to say, hey, you might lose that weight, but 95% of the time you will also gain it back. <laughs> Listen, hey, to, to everyone who, who can even can hear this message and agree but still want to lose weight, listen, you be that 5%, okay? <laughs> but but it, it, and, and listen, this is what, this is what Shades of Brown is about, is, is, is exploring the nuance and all the layers yeah. and being okay and being okay with feeling multiple things at once. Because here I am talking to you, listening to you and receiving this information, being mind blown, but still being like, listen, I can admit, sure, I'm conditioned. Sure, I'm brainwashed. You know, sure, you know, um, I want my body to look a certain way based on what, um, for me, more so culture versus overall society. How do we balance hearing this, believing what you're saying, accepting it as truth, being mad at the system for oppressing big people for being big, but still want to lose weight? Like, how do, because, because, because I mean, at the end of the day, like, uh, a lot of folks are going to hear you be like, all right, you know, maybe he is telling the truth. Maybe there is some validity to what he's saying, but, but still though, but still, you know, like, what do you say to the, but still folks like, like um, me? I, right. <laughs> um, I don't know that there, I was actually just talking about this to the, um, a friend yesterday. Yeah. I think, I think that my job and my, my interest is being able to introduce people to this, to this politics. Um, that's, that's what I care about because I, I care so deeply about black folks. I, yeah. Like, like that's, that's my people. Yeah. And I want us, I want us to, to feel good in our bodies. I want us to feel good about our bodies. I want yeah. us to, to, to know that, you know, like we don't have to punish ourselves and punish our bodies for other people's standards and for what other people talk. Um, mm -hmm. and so all I can ever say to to the butt still folks, because I was a butt still person too at one yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Um, all I can ever say is, you know, this is the politic, um, and and this is this is the truth. And I actually don't expect you to believe me just because I said it. I'm going to give you resources that you can read for yourself. Um, yeah. And at some point, I hope that you're able to make that turnaround, that you're able to to make that adjustment. But what I'm deeply interested in is that you are at least aware. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that way, like that, and you know, because you're from the you from the country, I know you've heard this before. <laughs> the seed is planted, right? Like yes, so, yes. seed yes. planted, and so now all that matters is that you're able to when when you're alone. Um, <laughs> you know the, the song when I'm alone in my room and I can stare at the wall. <laughs> <laughs> but like when you're alone and, and you're like really thinking about these things you know you know what to look up you know how to look things up you know where to go you know how yes. to like really increase this right yes uh, and that's what i care about that you that the seed is planted that you're able to 
to engage this on your own um, without necessarily any any guidance or without whatever mm-hmm. because you are introduced to it. Yes, um, yes. That's, that's, that's my main focus. Awesome, awesome. That, that That's incredible because, yeah, I do want to make it clear that um, Deshaun is not saying don't place priority on your health. Um, but what I hear you clearly saying is don't punish yourself for being who you naturally are. Um, uh, cause, cause, and that actually leads me to my next question and I'm going to get to it in a second, but I, we don't have time to get into this a ton. I, it's a whole, I believe a whole separate conversation um, about the disparities in healthcare when it comes to uh, large folks. So, and we don't have time for it. So I'm not going to ask questions about it. I know I'm sure you have not only study and research to back it up, but also personal experience. Perfect. I know I have, I know I have personal experience to back it up, but I would, encourage listeners if you're if you're still listening at this point i would encourage you to look up look into the healthcare disparities when it comes to how um plus size people are treated in healthcare in the healthcare industry in the healthcare system it is a difference there is a vast difference just as there is a difference in healthcare when it comes to black and brown people there is a difference when it comes to um how plus size people are treated in healthcare um so right. i'm just going to throw that out there but i'm we're not going to get into it because we don't have time um but i do want to ask you this though as we close um do you think people choose to be fat and um, you can explain why or why not if you say yes or no. And also, what will you say to the people who will listen to this and will say, I ain't listening to that. They're just saying this because they want to justify their lifestyle as a big person. They are just saying this because they want us to hop on this body positivity movement and I'm not here for it. What are you saying to the people who think you are using all of this research you've uh, dug into to just give yourself a pass or yeah. give or give all big people a pass? Um, I would say they're absolutely right. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, <wait. laughs> I was I not ready. I was I not ready. <laughs> <laughs> I think people people always I was just not ready I was so weak (laughs) 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 I think people really do this thing where they like where they hear you talk about all this research and all this stuff and still want to say that you just want to whatever so i would say you know what you are absolutely right (laughs) like if that's what you if that's what you want to think then go for it but um but to the folks who who are actually serious uh, i would you know be like you know even in that instance i still think that i would say that to a certain degree they are right my my interest is in giving fat folks a pass i am interested in giving us a pass i'm interested in giving us a pass from oppression i'm interested Mm. in giving us a pass from from having to deal with the scrutiny and the vitriol of being fat in society, right? Mm. Uh, so um, that is my interest. That is exactly what led me here. That's exactly what what will keep me here is my interest in, in, in not seeing us have to um, deal with the weight, and I'm using that term intentionally, the weight of, of society's pressure um, around our bodies. Um, and so absolutely, mm. that's my interest. That, that's what I'm here for. That's why... I do what I do is to make sure that fat folks know that they have a past 
um, that they know that they, that they don't have to, um, they don't have to adhere to the, the restrictions and the, the rules around our bodies created by society. Um, and that there is room for us to be um, whoever we want to be and, and, and to exist in whatever bodies we want to exist in. Mm -hmm. um, and so to answer your first question around um, what, what would I say to, to people who, who want to be fat, or, or, or do you believe it? Yeah, like, uh, do you do you think that uh, people choose to be fat because uh, culture <laughs> culture it society says fat people are lazy and they just want to sit down and eat potato chips all day and not do anything about you know their situation and their obesity and they're just choosing that lifestyle. Right. What do you what, what do you say to that? Is this a choice? Are big people just choosing to be big? Um, I think that the answer to that is, is multifold, right? I think that there are people who absolutely choose to be fat, mm -hmm. as they should. Um, <laughs> um, I, make a, I make a conscious decision every single day to be fat. Um, wow. And now, wow. And now, are there barriers in the way? Absolutely. I've always been a fat person, always. Mm -hmm. uh, and I have gone through years of... of fat camps and, and, and weight loss and playing tons of sports and whatnot. And I was still always fat. Um, mm -hmm. and so there are barriers, of course, for a lot of people who, who just cannot lose the weight or, or, or cannot lose a significant amount of weight or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. um, but in that, I still wake up every single day and make the conscious decision to be fat, right? Because I, I value fatness. Wow. I find fat to be um, something that I, that, I'm not interested in, in moving away from that. I don't think of as bad that mm -hmm. I don't that I don't see as something that I just have to get rid of. Uh, and so my my choice every single day, whether I can lose weight or not, is to be fat. Um, mm. And 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 not only fat in size, but fat in politics, where I'm where I'm willing and able to take up the necessary space to name my policy. <clears throat> to take up the necessary space to give other people this politic, to take up the necessary space to introduce um, this politic to, to the world around me. Mm -hmm. um, and so that is my, my decision every single day to, to be fat. Wow. Wow. Again, was not ready for that answer. I was not ready for that. That That is beautiful. My heart is overjoyed at the freedom you exude. You are clearly someone who has done the work, who has gone on a healing journey, a freedom journey to be in a space where you can. It is mind blowing to me that people being their authentic selves is an, is a rebellious act. Um, um, right. <laughs> but, um, but unfortunately, unfortunately, that, that is truth. The right. fact that when we stand boldly and live unapologetically, that we are somehow rebelling against um, society and all of the conditioning and programming. But I, I admire that. I think it's beautiful. But I want to talk to the big people who are not yet there and right. who are saying, but no, I do not choose this lifestyle. Oh, and no, um, I do not wake up every day and embrace this. I want right. to make it clear that we hear you and we get it. 
that it is not always um, you waking up saying, yeah, I'm okay with this. And I also want to say it is okay for you to not be okay with it. Um, Mm -hmm. Because what I want to, what my message is, is for people to embrace themselves fully where they are and then choose to always strive to become the best version of themselves, whatever that looks like, mind, body, and soul. Um, If you want to remain the way you are, do that and do it proudly. If you want to change, do that and do it proudly. Just check your motivation. Just check why you're doing what you're doing. And I say that... And I say that to me too. I say that to me too, because I am for sure. I will listen. I'm gonna keep it a hundred. I am all the way conditioned, all the way programmed. And <laughs> Ooh, child. And I don't. And I, I don't know if I want to be unconditioned. Okay, I don't know that I want to go back. I don't know. <laughs> that, that, and that, I'm just keeping it a buck. I'm just keeping it a buck. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, I. But if you do want to get to a space where you say, you know what, whether I do or do not change my body, I want to wake up happy. I want to wake up um, not being afraid to be seen in public. I want to, you know, go out and, and have a fruitful social life. I mean, because this stuff affects every single, I mean, every single yeah. thing. And, and, and I do know that to a lot of, to even a lot of big folks who are hearing this and possibly disagreeing. Listen, I get it. Sometimes it is just, purely uncomfortable being big and if that's your reason be do whatever to make you comfortable because because we we know that this world like does not embrace bigness when it comes to traveling when it comes to honestly just about everything you know when it comes to shopping when it comes it's not made to um accommodate bigness it's just not right so if your reasoning is to say hey i hear what you're saying but i'm just not comfortable because of xyz do whatever it is to make you comfortable, to make you feel and be your best self, period. And again, we're not talking about um, uh, health per se, because it's very clear that we are pushing you to be healthy. Make sure you got your blood pressure in check. Make sure you got your cholesterol in check. Make sure you got your all your vitals and testing. Get your physicals, all that stuff. Do that. Um, that is priority. Um, but just know that if you're listening to this and you're still saying, but yeah, I still don't want to be big. Well, then that's your prerogative. Do what you want to do, but do it because um, it's what's best for you. And it's what's best for your wholeness and your healing and your health. Not because um, European standards say you must be this size. Sum this all up for us and, and conclude this with the main point you want to get across. Just one more time. Yeah. Um, um, I think that my main point is I want fat folks to live freely in our fat ass bodies. Uh, I think that is, that is my, 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 my thing. I want us to be able to exist as our fat selves and not have to deal with um, the harms of the medical industry or the diet industry or um, gym culture or desirability or um, airplanes and flying or cars and seatbelts or whatever it might be, right? Like I want us to be able to exist as our full selves and not have to compromise on who we are, not have to compromise on, on what we want to be or who we want to be, um, but be able to, to be all that we want and do all that we want in our bodies. Um, I think that is my, my main goal. That is my, my main interest. And, and doing that through teaching folks um, just how anti-black, anti-fatness is, 
um, and what it looks like to be able to um, combat all of that. Amen. Amen. Oh, that was a really heavy topic. There were several moments that I just had to stop and take a deep breath in because this is um this is a conversation we're not having, but listen, at this point, I think y'all know I'm about that life. I'm about having conversations that, that push us beyond our comfort zones. I'm about that life. I'm about us having conversations that maybe you leave saying, you know what, I'm going to agree to disagree. And that's cool, but I want to challenge the way you think. I want to challenge all of your perspectives. I want to challenge all of social constructs. I want to challenge, challenge it all. Um, and and do that and and be able to still say, but you know what? I still think this way. That's okay. Live in that middle ground. That's cool. You can be this and that. That that's cool. Just just be true to yourself. So let's move into the next segment, brownie points. So brownie points is our segment where we're gonna think of something we've done, something we have overcome this week, um, something we've accomplished this week, whether it's small, big, uh, in between, whatever. Think about something that you are proud of yourself for this week or in this past week. Um, and I want you to head over to Instagram and Facebook and find us at Shades of Brown Podcast and share with us on the Brownie Points post. What are you proud of yourself for? What are you giving yourself Brownie Points for? Um, Deshaun, tell us, what are you giving yourself Brownie Points for this week? Um, for being here. Mm. True. I have had like um, uh, an emotional roller coaster. Of, of the past three weeks mm. and so I'm thankful that I'm here um that I am that that things that sought to take me out couldn't mm. do it uh I am like I'm thankful for that I'm always gonna be thankful for that I think yeah um one thing like growing up in church I'm not a Christian now but I grew up in church and one thing that I will always hold on to from that is um, being thankful for life. Mm, so period. So always, have, always waking me up every single morning. And that, that was the first thing that we had to be thankful for life, health and strength. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. You know, it, you know, it, <laughs> you know, it. <laughs> so I'm thankful for that. That's what I'm celebrating myself for. Um, and I have like some things, some, business ventures that I'm finishing up this weekend that I'll be able to announce soon that I'm really excited all right. about. So I'm celebrating myself for all of that. I am here for it. That even low-key overwhelms me with emotion because I can I, I can feel that in a very deep way where you're coming from. Um, and I'm seeing all the, all the positive vibes, all the healing vibes your way. Um, I am giving myself brownie points um, for having a really fulfilling week it was full of self-awareness <laughs> I had a really 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 good therapy session this week I went in with not really much to talk about um but end up having a breakthrough and yes. I'm excited about the the new tools that I have to move forward in my healing process and my freedom journey um so yeah that's what I'm giving myself brownie points for I want to hear from y'all 
what are you giving yourself brownie points for? Please tell me, tell me, find it. I know you've done something well. We can, we do a really good job of focusing on all the things we did not do, did not do right, did not finish. But I want you in this moment to find, search for it. You've done something that you should be proud of. And if you don't give yourself a pat on the back, I want to give you a high five, a, a virtual high five, a virtual pat on the back or something because you're dope. Yeah. Um, so yes, Deshaun, last thing, share with us your social media handles or anything else you want to share with us so that we can be looking now for these things you're going to announce to us. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter um, at Deshaun LH. So D-A-S-H-A-U-N-L-H. Um, and then you can find all of my work and um, like some merchandise that I'm selling and all the things on my website at DeshaunHarrison.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I, I cannot thank you enough for being available to do this and to have this conversation that takes a lot of strength, a lot of vulnerability, a lot of boldness, a lot of courage. So um, I appreciate it. And I hope that my listeners, I'm sure that my listeners do as well. Um, so this is it, y'all. This has been another episode of Shazza Brown. Please stick around. Uh, I'll make it a little bit less uh, heavy. It'll be a little light next, <laughs> next week. <laughs> so y'all come on back, all right? <laughs> all right? Talk to y'all next week. Bye.